Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by the United Ways of Chautauqua County. United Way is a nonprofit organization with a mission to mobilize the community to help every person and family improve their lives. Last year, their Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, or VITA program, helped 1,400 households file their taxes for free. This year, the expanded child tax credit is available to Chautauqua County households with children, even if they don't normally file taxes or have a recent income. Nearly every parent or caregiver of a child with a Social Security number can receive up to $3,600 per child, and it's not too late. Learn more at getctc.org chq. It only takes about 15 minutes online to claim the child tax credit and learn about eligibility. The United Ways of Chautauqua County, proud supporters of community radio in Jamestown, New York. To learn more, visit UASCC.org or UnitedWayNCC.org. Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell presented his third executive budget to the county legislature on Wednesday, September 28th. We talked with him before that address to learn more about what's included in his proposed financial plan. Chautauqua County Executive P.J. Wendell joins us in the WRFA studios again. Welcome today. Uh, thanks for having me, Julie. So by the time this airs, you will have presented your proposed executive budget for 2023 to the Chautauqua County Legislature. So I was hoping that we could get some initial highlights of what this year's budget or proposed budget will include. Well, this year's proposed budget is going to show a tax rate decrease from last year. You know, last year we had a very memorable 41 cent per thousand tax rate decrease. This year, in order to stay under the tax cap, we had to lower our tax rate by another 30 cents. So this will be the third consecutive budget that I propose. That was a tax rate reduction. If you remember, my very first one was a five cent tax rate reduction. The legislature went 10 cents the other way. They went you know, back to a flat rate that increased at five cents. So uh, nonetheless, that was in the midst of COVID. We weren't sure a lot of uncertainty. Um, you know, that year we came back very strong with our um, sales tax revenue. And again, sales tax revenue comes back strong this year. We have a financially, we have a structurally balanced budget. Although some might argue we are using fund balance for a one-time uh, bonus that we've given to CSCA 6300, our largest union, uh, for one-year contract extension. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the rise in our levy, it's going up $2.7 million. And that'll be the big you know, there's there's one of my critics out there that will focus on the levy. The levy went up. The levy went up. The levy went up at 4.1%. And obviously, and I shouldn't say obviously, but uniquely linked to that, our property tax value also went up 4.1%. So it's not like we increased, you know, spending frivolously. We increased it, what I feel is a very moderate rate, taking into consideration the increase in our, our value of our homes. Along with that, we also saw inflation go up 8.2%. So although you're seeing increases in the levy, most and the majority of that, I'd say 90% or more, is based on unfunded mandates. And this continues to be plaguing counties. I just got back from the NISAC fall conference last week and the constant, constant uh, messaging to the governor is they have to reduce the spending and these unfunded mandates. It's just... It's crippling. It's crippling to the counties. Uh, and you know, today, in fact, this week, I have a, a NACO, National Association of Counties, uh, conference where we're going to discuss um, inmates that are on public assistance to remain on public assistance while incarcerated in a county facility. Not to change the topic, but when somebody comes in, if you're on, if you're on welfare or Medicaid, when you come into Chautauqua County Jail and you're incarcerated, 
the county picks up the whole tab. So it's not like, you know, we had we have inmates in the past that have had a cardiac history and medications of sixty to eighty thousand dollars a month. That's born on the county. You know, these these individuals and they're incarcerated go back to the county pays for everything. And this is a nationwide push that leave the individuals on their Medicaid, especially Medicaid because it's the healthcare cost and we're finding many of our incarcerated individuals are seeking more and more healthcare. But getting back to the budget, you know, we've, we've stayed really very lean, um, you know, we're very modest increases. We have seen a large increase in FTEs, but those, again, a large majority, if not all, are funded by revenue or grant funding. So we're, you know, one of the, you know, goals I had is if you want to increase FTEs, make sure that you have them funded, not let's just try to make it happen later, but we have the funding sources as the positions come uh, are being created. So again, very solid, structurally balanced budget, uh, very lean and realistically, you know, now that I have this in the tentative form and ready for the presentation, now it's, I hate to say it, but we're already looking at 2024. What's going to happen in 2023? You know, you've got increased, you know, there's a supply chain issues this year, the war in the Ukraine, the change in heating costs for our, our, our residents. There's so many things that are in flux right now. So we need to make sure we're in a very solid financial position. And we are, you know, right now our fund balance um, through our financial management plan um, is $29 million, which is 11.6% of our revenues. So again, our, our, management strategy is between seven and 15%. Um, we do feel there's some, there's some other um, sources out there right with now with our fund balance and we're not sure where it's gonna fall at the end of 2022. But again, we are seeing a larger uh, you know, contribution to fund balance this year. So having said that, you know, we, we are a very, you know, looking at things in a very solid manner, but there's just still a lot of uncertainty you know, going forward. And, and the concern, you know, a lot of people would say, well, you know, the, the rate reductions are great. They are, you know, we're not saying that they aren't, but you know, at the end of the day, if you cut too lean and next year we see, again, another large increase in inflation, we see unfunded mandates, you know, then you're forcing the hands of the legislature to implement a tax increase. And again, you know, not to put, get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, 70 cents in two years, 71 cents in two years um, is pretty incredible. Um, so again, if we go up, you know, let's say there's an increase, a slight increase again in, in, in the 2024 budget. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be shaking the trees and there'll be all sorts of calamity out there, but you gotta realize we're still lower than where we are, you know, many. And, and one of the things that we talk about, if we were to adjust our um, tax rate just um, for the rate of inflation, you know, our tax rate would be $11.72. $11 um, and, you know, actually this year, my tax rate is seven dollars and eighty cents, so a lot less than than anticipated. And um, you know, neighboring counties again have a much higher tax rate as well. So I, I think I'm very confident we proposed a very you know solid budget, very lean budget. Um, you know, not sure where the legislature might find ways to cut. Not saying that you know they're going to do their due diligence, but we we proposed a budget that, that is very very lean this year. So I'm proud. Uh, I'm really excited about what we're proposing and. We'll see where we go. Mm -hmm. uh, and traditionally, we've seen, you know, the big things driving expenditures being basically, uh, you know, salaries. Is, does that still remain true? Or are there other things that are factoring into uh, 
expenditures this year? There's other things factoring in. Obviously, really the cost of everything is going up, you know, whether it's our, our building materials, uh, it's a, you know, macadam, blacktop, different types of things. Our equipment costs are going up astronomically as well. So again, you know, we're making sure that those expenditures are, you know, well within our limits and we're not, you know, um, exceeding that, you know, by any great means. But, um, you know, we are seeing right now the, the majority of our increases are, you know, 3% salary increases across the board. And that's the majority of the increases that we saw, you know, time after time. I meet with every department head, you know, nearly 27 different departments that we meet. We go over our budgets. And again, the, the majority of increases have been based on, you know, those salary rate increases. And, you know, taxpayers out there would listen and, you know, they might be very critical. But, you know, if you look, we've done, you know, a management um, evaluation and, you know, we are behind, you know, behind the average if you look at where we are for, our, especially our management level positions. So a lot of things we have to look at and there's going to be some hard decisions moving forward, not only by myself, but the legislature as well. So we have a work cut out for us. But again, I think this this budget's very sound, very solid going forward. Mm -hmm. I, I I know with CSEA, they're, they're one of the contracts that's kind of, I wouldn't say hanging out there, but it's going to be coming back up again next year. Uh, and it sounds like that you're accounting in your budget for that um, for that increase. Um, are there any other unions that are hanging out there that you're looking at that are going to be an issue in 2023? I don't really see that, but we do have a couple of others. I'm not sure exactly how many are be coming up for another uh, a contract negotiation, but... CSEA is the largest one. You know, it's over 800 members, I believe. So that is the, the bulk of our workforce, and that's going to be a large. It's a that's a larger moving target. Um, a lot of different pieces and components to that. So, uh, you know, we did have a very uh, a very solid proposal and, and an acceptance by the union for this one year contract extension. Um, so again, we come back to the table. We have a new HR director. Um, you know, we're already sitting down with Debbie Mikowski and starting to look at. You know, trends, what we've done in the past, where we look to go in the future. <laughs> you look to the to the east of us, Cattaraugus County gave a 15% taxing or 15% salary increase, which sounds astronomical, but it's 15% one year. And then the next two years of the contract, it's zero. Um, so shock and awe, if you figure it out, it's averages out to 5% a year, which is really where things are. Uh, we are looking at, at uh, you know, cost of living and also looking at, you know, the trends across the state, but every one of us, county executives we just met last week, and we're all in the same boat. And one, trying to find uh, you know, a dedicated workforce. Our employees are very loyal, but trying to get new employees is becoming a challenge as it is with every industry. You know, we've seen, uh, we've seen issues in you know, qualifying for positions as well. So um, you know, we, we've, we've spoken to the governor, um, and you know, we'll hopefully get that, those, those questions heard here shortly, but um, I can say across the state, we are all county executives and counties in general, uh, whether it's a business administrator or an elected official, we're all in the same boat and really concerned as to the state's spending levels right now. And the governor's spending package is just getting to be out of control. Mm -hmm. When it comes to revenues, there are some that, you know, we the sales tax revenue was budgeted very conservatively for this year. And we saw... Uh, great numbers still for this year in comparison. So are there any other places that you, I wasn't sure if there was still like money that from the American Rescue Plans that is part of this budget that are, you know, because it's like, well, we know that we're, we have it programmed out for this many years. Um, what other kind of, what are the revenues looking like for this? Revenues are looking very solid. Um, you know, we do see some reductions, you know, one of the things that, that people don't realize, and, and, and this is a growing concern, and this is, uh, you know, many people don't know about it out here, but 
Um, for example, the DMV. So the state is, is offering more and more online renewals. What people don't realize is those online renewals go to the state. They don't stay here locally. It's not as if, you know, there's a percentage that go back to the county. If you register online, if you do your work online, your renewals online, that money goes right to Albany. And the governor's pushing more and more of that as, you know, the DMV moves along. The, con you know, the concern we have is right now, Suffolk County has been hit by a cybersecurity attack. And it came in through, uh, you know, their clerk's office. So, again, if you're looking at the DMV in certain areas, you know, that raises a question. You know, we look at the online um, use of uh, online finances and banking. It becomes to be a question. You know, we, we see, uh, I was talking to their deputy county executive uh, last week, and uh, it's crippling. I mean, they are, you know, Steve Ballone, the county executive, wasn't able to attend because he just didn't feel right leaving his county amidst this, you know, this ransom attack. So... Uh, again, this is something that you know we're we're looking at. We're very cautious at Chautauqua County. Um, you know, our IT director John D'Angelo does a phenomenal job. He and his team are constantly uh, on the forefront of of new ways to protect our our assets um, digitally and and electronically. So, um, but getting you know our our revenues are are very solid. If you look at our our occupancy tax, that's pretty high. You know, we we do see increases there. We are a tourist destination. Um, you know, our sales tax revenues are coming back. We have increased them, but we've also, uh, with those increases, we have exceeded those. So that's, you know, that's a good sign as well. And we are very conservative. We could, you know, you could, you know, I remember back when I first became a legislator, we, we'd always say, well, yeah, let's just add another, you know, 2 million or 500,000 to, to sales tax and we'll balance it that way. But, you know, we more now I'm focused on let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves. And, and in fact, I was confident, you know, two, you know, three years ago now in my first budget that we would see an increase in sales tax. Others didn't feel so, so strongly and we did see. And what people didn't realize that year in particular was the first year of our uh, online sales tax revenue. So that was a big kicker um, that really put us over the edge. So over the top rather. So again, looking at everything and I'm not, I'm one, I'm not one to inflate revenue to balance the budget. I want to be very conservative. You know, if we have fund balance, great, but I'd rather have a fund balance at the end than compared to a deficit and trying to make it up through the year. Mm -hmm. So is there any new programs that you've included in this budget? Not really. It's, it's just, you know, we're just continuing the services we have now. There are some, you know, um, programs are enhanced a little bit in different departments, but you know, all in all, we're, you know, maintaining, you know, our, our staffing levels and really trying to recruit staff. Uh, you know, we do have several openings uh, in different divisions uh, throughout the county. In fact, some of them are mandated positions that are still vacant. Uh, so we are implementing different strategies, recruiting techniques and tactics. So, uh, you know, again, this is the one thing that, that you know, kind of, I think people fail to realize that you could in the private sector come out and make more money than what you would make at the county. There's no two ways about it. We see that. But, you know, you have, you know, 13 paid vacations here with the county. You also have after 10 years, you have five weeks of paid vacation and you have a guaranteed uh, retirement plan. So, again, you look back, could you make more money in the private sector? You probably could. And it's been proven you can, but you don't have especially that retirement that's the piece you know the new york state retirement system um be it teachers or employees which our, our employees would fall under the ers is been such a solid uh, very it's, it's a rock solid retirement system it's something that's not going to go away uh, so again that's you know when people look i'm really taking the time to you know plan your future 
You know, a lot, a lot of people, this new generation wants to hit the ground running, making millions coming out of the gate. Well, you know, that's, you have to look at that and where are you going to be in five years, 10 years, 30 years? That's really, you know, what, how this new generation needs to look at, you know, their career. It's the longevity. Where are you going to be? You know, you might make, you know, big money coming out, but, you know, you're out of a job or your company folds. I haven't seen a county government uh, fold yet. So uh, I think it's a pretty solid, uh, you know, solid business to get into. So I'm excited. Um, you know, we're, we're encouraging, uh, you know, people to come out and you know, work for Chautauqua County. It's, it's a great place. Um, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of support. Um, and we do have some, t some tough divisions. There's a lot of hard work we do, but, um, you know, our, our goal is to make it, um, you know, having a solid workforce that, that enjoys coming to work every day. Mm -hmm. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think last year you were talking about wanting to have this five-year financial plan, I think. So this would be year two mm -hmm. of it. Where where are you in there? Are you following kind of right along? We are. We are. And that's, you know, we're looking at that financial management plan. And, and you know, some some counties have, uh, you know, a fund balance that's, you know, 20 or 30% of their revenues. Uh, you know, for us, you know, when you, again, you know, sitting back and looking at that, if we were to... Um, Keep our tax rate flat. Well, which the the problem arose where I said, well, let's you know, starting out before I looked at any numbers, before I, I you know I talked and you know I met with my budget director. She said, well, what is your goal? I'm like flat tax rate. This is early on in January, February, not knowing where we were going to be, and you know we knew inflation was coming up. We're just you know things have kind of started to spiral a little bit, if you will, um, and I, I thought that was very practical. You know, and, and it's one of these things that Kathleen doesn't tell me until the budget's ready, until they look at everything and we look at revenues and put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And, and I thought if we can do a five or 10 cent reduction, that's great, you know, and then we, we really would have our work cut out for us. But to come back at 30%, 30 cents is just, it's kind of mind blowing. Um, and we said, well, what if we kept our rate the same? You know, again, which is, which is at a 20 year low. Um, and last year we reduced the levy as well. So, you know, that those things carry over. We, you know, the increase we have this year, although 4.1%, we did have carryover last year because we did remain under the tax cap. It's such a, a, a strong position. And um, so this year when the numbers came out, if we wanted to keep it flat, um, we would have to exceed the tax cap. And when you look at a, a solid 11 to 12% um, of your revenues, it's hard to say, yeah, keep it flat and let's look to put, you know, another, another large, um, possibly another large uh, pot of money into our fund balance. It's okay. There's a rainy day fund, but you know, is it, are we overtaxing the residents? You know, if we were to keep it that flat rate. So again, uh, it, it's, I don't say it's a juggling act, but it's, it's a balancing act. It's, it's somewhat precarious because now, you know, 70 cents less than it was when I first took office per thousand. And, you know, now you're concerned about, you know, if we have to, you know, get, you know, moderate, there's going to be an increase. Oh, you're raising taxes. See, this is what we knew would happen. Okay, but we're still, you know, we're still lower than we were three years ago and lower than we've been, you know, in, you know, in 20, you know, roughly 20 or 15 years. So we're pretty solid. I'm, I'm excited and, and happy with where we're at and, and where we are. But it's always something, if there's one thing that, you know, that always is hanging over me. It's that budget and into the financial position of Chautauqua County. I know as a legislator, you know, we, at some points we were down into, you know, a couple hundred thousand in our fund balance. And now we're, 
you know, much healthier. And we need to keep it that way. We really need to watch our spending. We need to stay within our bounds. And, and that structurally balanced budget is, is a key, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know if you can know this off the top of your head, say, people always say, well, what is this? What does this mean for me? I don't know. I don't understand, you know, 30 cents less, 40 cents less, whatever. So if, if you had a house that's assessed uh, value at $100,000, what would this tax decrease mean? Uh, if you had $100,000, uh, your tax rate would be $780. So it's seven hundred seven dollars and eighty cents per thousand and a hundred thousand multiply seven eight seven dollars and eighty cents times a hundred, and that's where we'd be at. Now, what's going to be interesting, and this is the one the one piece that people are going to look at is is you know many of our homes in Chautauqua County have been reassessed, so their assessed value goes up. So we are seeing a tax rate reduction, but many people may see an increase just based on the reevaluation, and and there's. You know, uh, there's ongoing discussions about that. And it's one of the reasons why I am not uh, a big proponent of a countywide assessment. Because there again, the argument can be made, well, you're just going to increase the value of our homes to cover your tax, to cover your budget. And, and I don't want that, that impropriety even to be coming to the table. You know, we would rather have the towns and villages have their own assessors. Even if you're sharing and your, your you know, uh, shared service agreements are out there. I'd rather have that than somebody who's employed by the county and that, that fear that, well, the county's just gonna inflate the cost of our homes, or the, the value of our homes to make their budget needs. Uh, whereas now we let that up to independent individuals, the assessors go out you know, using their, school, their tools and, and skills, and you know, we, we look at it at the end. But one of the things that is really challenging when we look at the budget, and we go over this all the time, because I'm you know, new to the budget process now, three years, I can't say that next year, I'm not new. But, um, you know, when you look at the budget, all people are fixed on is rate, 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 rate. And, you know, that's, as I'm, as I'm being told that that's, yeah, that's a concern, but, you know, the focus is the levy. You know, we're always watching that levy. That's the amount of money raised uh, that we have to raise in taxes. And prior to this, an increase in the levy always was relative to an increase in the rate. Whereas now we see increases in the rate or the levy but decreases in the rate. So a different, uh, a different concept. And really it's that, that levy we focus on as well. And, you know, right now, um, you know, some of our, our programs, uh, and, and I spoke out last week with the governor's staff, uh, you know, we have a lot of, and I'm on a, a sitting committee uh, for the state as well with, with UNISAC, and the cost of uh, preschool special education as far as speech therapy, OT, PT, et cetera. The unique part about that is kids qualify, you know, and the, and the counties are required to play, you know, pay this in certain aspects. But then when, you know, a kid isn't required to be in school until they're in first grade. So when a student gets there, those, those you know, those uh, resources, those uh, uh, support staff are used in, you know, UPK, and especially if they're outside what they call Head Start, you know, something sponsored by the county, and then it's not there as a kindergartner, then it comes back in as a first grader. So our push to the governor is, you know, if you're gonna put it out there that we have to provide these services, then we need to have the same reimbursement rates that the schools are getting. And we need to focus on our kiddos from the time they enter that building, whether it's UPK, kindergarten, you know, whatever. You know, there's no sense in these children to have those services for, you know, a year or two, and then to, to have them not there for a year because they're in kindergarten. And, and again, maybe that's changed. Um, you know, since I left education, but that was always our big problem that, you know, in UPK, you know, it's not a mandatory program. It's people still forget 
You're not, you're not mandated to be in, in kindergarten um, in New York State. So, you know, the governor needs to evaluate the education system and how they're funding and how they're supporting counties. Because right now, whatever isn't done in the public school is, you know, for UPK is dropped on the county and it's, it's a growing, a growing cost. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, I want to come back to, cause you were talking about the unfunded mandates, you know, mentioning, and I didn't realize that when it came to inmates in the county jail and Medicaid, I mean, if you went to Medicaid, that's still, there's still cost to the county through mm-hmm. that, but it must be substantially less. Oh yes. Yeah. It is. And you look at your prescription plans and that's really how we do it in our medication and our reimbursement rates. And, yeah, again, I, I just remember when I first I was co-chairing the um, Criminal Justice Coordinating Council it was the the group that was formed and they've kind of fallen apart a little bit, not in the county but in, as a statewide organization they've fallen off. And with bail reform, there really hasn't been that focus on um, you know reducing population in our jail and and so forth. But one of the things we are we were made aware of is the cost of one individual. And again, I think then Sheriff Jirasi said it was sixty to eighty thousand dollars a month, and that was born on us. There was no, you know, pharmaceutical reductions, nothing, you know, pharmacy reductions. So we were really stuck in a in a tough position. And now, you know, we've complained about it for years, but now to hear, you know, NACO is finally, you know, having a large nationwide push uh, to to change that. That's that's really uh, it means a lot. But you know, the, again. You know, the governor's unfunded mandates just continue, continue to plague the counties. And, and, you know, we're, and, you know, if you look at the governor's budget, when I first became county executive, they were looking at a four to seven billion dollar deficit. Then last in the next year, you know, after COVID, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, billion dollar surpluses. And, and then now we're back to spending frivolously again, you know, so it's, it's a concern that, you know, those of us on the outside have, and I know, of course, our state representative, Senator Borello and Assemblyman Goodell are constantly fighting this battle, you know, but the governor's position of just, you know, constantly increasing their spending is just, you know, where does it end? Um, again, the arguments I've had was, uh, you know, we're focused on this new green energy deal. Okay, well, that's well and good, but walk the streets of New York State. I know mental health and homelessness is a bigger problem than, you know, where we're gonna get our energy from. Um, you know, that's, that's to me is where we need to focus. Yes, we need to look at ourselves in a, in a global position and, and where we're going to be to you know, preserve our resources. But right now, you know, we have a human, a human resource that's, that's being neglected in, in certain ways and, and it's really starting to be overburdening. Um, you know, mental health is a growing problem across New York State and Governor Cuomo closed our mental health institution. So what are we gonna do? Um, you know, we, we have a lot of, a lot of discussions with law enforcement, Chautauqua County Mental Hygiene, other providers, uh, and it just keeps continuing to plague our community. So, you know, my urge to the governor was, let's look at what's in front of us. You know, our homelessness is is everywhere. It's not just New York City and Rochester and Syracuse and Buffalo. It is Jamestown, New York, other small towns and small cities across the state. So that's the urging that I'm, I'm asking the governor. Let's, let's put our, you know, converting everybody, let's banning, you know, wood-burning fireplaces and wood-burning furnaces and gas-burning, you know, thing. And, you know, let's focus on our individuals and then, you know, we can look at those other transitions to green energy maybe down the road. But again, I just, I, I feel we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're forgetting the one resource and that's, that's human beings. Right. Pulling you back to the financial side, do you know what percentage of the county's budget is unfunded mandates from the state? That I don't know. Um, I can you know, kind of look and see here. I, you know, that was a number we had early on uh, because it was, 
it was such a, a, a fixed number, but you know, I don't want to put that number out there for fear that, um, it's incorrect. And, and I would be, uh, I'm sure the other media outlets might be really quick to, to question my, my statement. Um, that I don't, I really, mm-hmm. I don't have it here, but I know, um, you know, we have seen, I know in one department, you know, we saw, um, an increase uh, of nearly five million dollars in in an un- in uh, related unfunded mandates. So, um, you know, we and again, each each department's a little different. And you know, what's interesting is the governor will come back and um, you know we'll put a couple. You know, well, you got nine hundred thousand dollars and you know pave our potholes and and different things. I'm like, okay, but you're also shackling us with you know different different mandates across the board. So, again. Um, you know, Medicaid and, and what they call EF map um, is a big uh, a big cloud that seems to hang over. We 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 talked about this my first year prior to COVID, and we're still talking. You know, now that we get done with COVID, and that's really that's at the governor's control. You know, the county executives and the counties have come up with plans, and you know, Steve Acquire, our executive director, said we will formulate a plan. Just let us know when you want to to look at it. Uh, because you know this Medicaid thing is just the reimbursements are, are getting to be um, a huge a huge burden on counties and, and our residents as well. So again, um, you know it's that exact number. I'm not sure, but I, I probably can find that out by the next time we meet. Okay. Uh, so in terms of the process now, you know you'll present to the legislature, uh, and, and we'll have by the time this airs, uh, and then October is they. They said they start working on it, and do, do they have a deadline for when they have to have it, their version approved? Uh, we usually push. We, we usually have an, a, a a presentation or a, a version ready to be voted on in October. Um, it has to be in place, I think, by December, um, by December one. But we always get ours in in October just to make sure in case there's any um, you know big concerns. Right now, uh, yeah, I've talked to a few legislators without giving the numbers, but I you know they've asked, and I said there really isn't much. To cut apart, you know, I almost said, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, Senator, then County Executive Borello came in with a, a barrel of pennies uh, and said, you know, a barrel of pennies is, you know, is a lot. You know, it's, it is part of our budget. Um, you know, I, I said, I almost thought of coming in with a skeleton and say, we're bare bones. You know, I don't know where, where you're going to cut. And, and I'm not saying that sarcastically, but realistically, I really give uh, credit to our department heads. They've really, really maintained a solid financial position. Uh, we have had increase, but again, those increases in FTEs and programming is based on revenue um, and revenue projections. So I'm sure there are legislators are going to go through as they always do to make sure that we're doing you know our right thing. Um, they wouldn't be doing their job if they weren't. Uh, there there may be some ways to cut, um, you know, from the from the budget, but it, it's it's really. Um, I don't see it, but then again, they look at things from a different angle uh, when they go forward. So there may be ways uh, to cut, but I know we've done some increases in different programmings um, and ways that, uh, you know, when EMS, it was in the front page of today, uh, Tuesday's paper of the new EMS rates, uh, but Noel Gutman's also reached out to some of our local hospitals and how can we increase our revenue sources there. So they have uh, increased, they have a program coming out now where we'll be doing some medical transports. Um, and that would be solely, you know, cash, you know, budget neutral um, that we would operate that um, based on the revenue sources we get. So, again, strategically, we're looking at ways to increase those revenue sources and you know, put ourselves in a very sound financial position. 
Right. Is there anything else that, you know, aside from the, the, the county budget that uh, you'd like to talk about? No, I think, you know, we, we as we go forward, you know, um, you know, there's the one thing we talked about uh, at the county executive level last week was our voter turnout. Um, and, you know, this is the one thing that, you know, still plagues us as a, as a, as a state, as a nation, you know, in, is, in general, um, is people getting out to vote. Um, you know, and then we are, you know, a democracy that still allows that. Um, I can tell you yesterday I was, I was with our board of elections and they were, you know, certifying, not certifying the machines, but double checking machines to make sure that every ballot that goes in is tabulated accordingly. I can tell you with a hundred percent certainty that the, the legitimacy and the accuracy of our elections here in Chautauqua County are second to none. I don't question them. You know, we've had a lot from individuals in the community saying, you know, what's happening with the elections? And it's, you know, it's that shadow of doubt that's cast in somebody's mind. And if it could happen somewhere, why isn't it happening here? Our election board is just phenomenal. The BOE is second to none. Um, uh, you know, we look at our, our directors, uh, Republican uh, Brian Abrams, Luz Torres on the Democrat side, Deputies Nicole Ellis and Christopher Burt, again, they they painstakingly work to ensure that we have very valid and certified elections. So again, I can say with 100% certainty we don't have those issues here in Chautauqua County, but I do urge our residents to get out and vote. This is a very critical time um, in not only the state's history, but I think in the history of our country that we really need to focus on the task at hand and, and getting some sound organization back to not only state government, but the federal government as well. Great. Well, County Executive Wendell, thank you so much for joining us this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me.